When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Table Talk for Moms. I'm Camille, and today I'm so excited to be joined by my good friend and fellow podcaster, Amanda Louder. So we are going to deep dive into talking about confidence and loving ourselves and all good stuff. I'm so excited. But before we do, you know that we always start with a little snack time question, just kind of a fun question before we dive into all the deep stuff. So today's question, and Amanda, I want you to answer this and I'll answer it too, but as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Okay. That's such a funny question. I know. I think, I think I wanted to be some of like the typical things that, you know, women want to be when they're little girls. Yeah. Of course, you know, wanted to be a mom. Um, I wanted to be a marine biologist because I was obsessed with like whales and dolphins (laughs) until I actually took a biology class in high school. And then I was like, no. That's not it. Yeah. But I actually started drawing house plans when I was um, probably about 11. And so, and I actually worked as a drafter in high school and college and wanted to be an architect. So that was, that was the big one. That is crazy because I think of where you're at now, <laughs> like what you wanted to be. And it's night and day difference. Night and day. <laughs> yeah. 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 But so fun. It's just it's so fun when you're a kid and like sky's the limit. So my dream job when I was a kid was to be a lunch lady. <laughs> I love That's it. What I wanted to be. I just, because when you, we, at my elementary school, when you were in fifth grade and sixth grade, you got to go help the lunch ladies. Like, yes. Pulled out of class. Do you remember this? Yes. And I totally did it too. Hey, yes. And I just thought this is the coolest. Like I am helping prepare <laughs> these massive pans of brownies and making huge sheet pan lasagnas and Obviously, I wasn't the one making it, but I loved like carrying the pan to the serving That's line. So funny. And, and I just thought this would be the coolest job. And I ended up going into elementary education. That's what my degree is in. And um, obviously, I'm not doing that anymore, but just it's just funny where life yeah. takes you. It's so funny where life takes you. <laughs> okay. Well, I just have to tell everyone I am so excited to have Amanda with me today. Um, I kind of wanted to tell a little bit about how Amanda came into my life. And I have shared before on the podcast just a little bit about how the pandemic was just such a hard time for me, especially mentally. I just felt like I was failing in so many areas of my life, my personal life, my family life, my relationship with my husband, my spiritual life, like just everything felt heavy. And I know that a lot of people felt that way. So I started looking for things that I could do to work on all of these areas, all these different areas I felt like such a failure in. And I was looking for a podcast that addressed how to have a stronger relationship with your spouse and her podcast popped up. Um, So Amanda is a certified life coach with an emphasis on intimacy and relationships. Like she just goes deep in everything when it comes to having just a strong marriage and and helping you figure out how to show up in as your best self in your marriage. And so she has been coaching women on their marriages since 2018. And let me tell you, she knows her stuff. <laughs> I felt like she was talking just to me as I listened to some of her episodes. And um, one of the things that stood out to me was how Amanda would talk about that in order to have a better relationship, 
you first have to do the work on yourself. And I just had never heard anybody talk that way about relationships. I really had never even thought twice about taking the time to learn about myself and who I want to be and how I want to show up in the relationship and how I want to show up in my marriage. And I am a people pleasing person. That's who I am to my core. And it's something I'm working on. I'm always working on that. But in any relationship that I was in, I would just try to show up as I thought the other person wanted me to. And it was all about making sure that they were okay and that I was taking care of them. Um, but and it, and it was that way, not only in my marriage, but like in my relationship with my kids, just in my church calling, like everything that I was doing. And I was never thinking about what it was that I really wanted. And I wasn't doing anything for me. So I listened in one day, I listened to a couple of Amanda's podcasts. And then at the end of one of her podcasts, I heard that she had two spots left in her in-person retreat that was just happening like a week or two later. And so I signed up, I signed up without knowing her. I signed up without knowing anyone that was going to be there. It was like five hours away from my home and I didn't have enough time to book a flight. And so I drove down by myself and I just immersed myself in her retreat. Um, she, it's called the Embrace You Retreat. And at this retreat, we talked about who we want to be as women and who we want to be as moms, who we want to be as wives, just who we want to be and who we have the potential to be. And I had never really taken the time to think about me, especially since having kids. My, I kind of got lost in motherhood and I had forgotten a lot about Camille and who she was. And so it was so eye-opening to me. I learned that when I took the time to work on myself, that it trickled into every other part of my life. And I just came home from that retreat feeling just confident and refreshed. And I felt so much lighter and happier just after the pandemic and after all the hard stuff we had all been through. So since then, I have attended another retreat of hers. I've binged her podcast and I've actually become really good friends with her. And so when I think about Amanda and what she has taught me, my biggest takeaway is that it's okay to spend time on me and find me again, to have confidence in who I am, who Camille is, and show up as my as my best self when I'm trying to be a good mom and a good wife and just a good person. So Amanda, I wanted to have you on today because I think you're such a great example to women um, of of just embodying all these different parts of ourselves. And so I wanted to have you on to talk about confidence because really I'm so thankful for the things that you taught me. It's changed my life. And I think that you are doing such a cool work that will benefit so many other women. And so I knew I had to have you on. Um, Amanda, I know you have worked with so many women over the years. And if you could teach them one thing. I know that this is so hard and it's everything that you do in a tiny little nutshell, but if you could teach women one thing about how to embrace who they are and become more confident in their own skin, what would you tell them? Well, first, let me just say thank you so much for having me on here, Camille. I'm so ah, happy so and so honored to be here with you. And I just, I've listened to this podcast since day one. So I'm so happy to be here with you today. So I think if there was one thing that I could teach the women about being more confident and, you know, being more comfortable in their own skin, I would let them know that we all have parts of us that we don't like, that we don't appreciate, that we wish we could change. And that isn't a problem. But when we can learn to love all of us, even the parts that we don't like, when we can stop judging and really just learn to be curious and compassionate towards ourselves, especially for those darker parts, that's when more light and love can shine through. We were made with flaws on purpose. Those flaws serve a purpose to help us to grow and to change and to progress. And when we aren't willing to look at those parts of ourselves or we push them away or lock them away or we judge them, we aren't really taking the opportunity to see how they can actually be for our benefit and our learning. 
And if we were flawless, we would be God. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And we are not. We are human. We are working to become more like God. So we are going to have these weaknesses and they serve a purpose in helping us become better. And when we can use those things to actually help us become the person that we were meant to be, they serve that purpose and they help us become better. Oh, that's so good. I I feel like one of the things, um, some of the things that you said just really resonated with me both right now and at the retreats that I've been to and in your podcast, you always talk about being curious and coming from a place of not judging yourself. And that to me was such a mind shift because I always have felt like I know my flaws and I, I'm very aware of them and I nitpick <laughs> them to no end, right? Yes, yes, yes. As we all do as women. Yes. It's just, it's like ingrained in us. And yeah. you, you know, I came to the table with like, well, this is what's wrong with me. And this is what's wrong with me. And this is what's wrong with me. I am a failure. And you kind of stopped me in my tracks and said, well, that's interesting. Like, let's look at this. Like, let's just be curious mm-hmm. about it. Let's take judgment and shame off the table and let's just get curious about it. And I just was like, wait, what? Like I can stop judging myself for a minute and look at these things that I feel could be flaws or problems or um, things that make me different from everybody else. And you just came with such this fresh perspective. And so yeah. I just think it's so refreshing to hear that. Um, so I feel like in my work with you and in everything that we um, that you talk about and um, the work that I've done on myself, there are kind of three areas of confidence that I have focused on. I've focused on just confidence in who I am as a woman, which I feel yeah. like a lot of times gets lost in the shuffle of being a mm-hmm. wife and mom. I know totally for me it did. Yes. 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 And then confidence as a wife and in showing up in a relationship, but then also confidence in who I am as a mom. Mm-hmm. which um, is really important too. But first I wanted to talk about what is the difference between like confidence and self-confidence? And I know that you've talked about this before, so I'd love to hear some yeah. of your thoughts and perspective. Well, I really talk about it in two different ways that confidence is really about being secure in yourself and your abilities. Mm-hmm. Like you've done something a million times and you know how to do it, or you're working on becoming, you know, really confident in that specific thing. Like we all have things that I think we do well and we're confident in those abilities. But self confidence is a little bit different. Self confidence is really about the ability to trust yourself. It's about knowing that you can experience any emotion, including failure, without beating yourself up so much that you're harming yourself. Yeah. Um, it's about your overall opinion of yourself, your relationship with yourself. So if you think about relationships and relationships that you have, you know, with other people, they're really based on how you think about that person. Like your relationship with your spouse is really how you think about them. You know, if you have a good relationship with them, like, well, I think really highly of them and they they think really highly of me and we mesh really well. Well, your relationship with, with yourself is how you think about yourself. So if you're looking at, okay, well, what is my relationship with myself? Well, let's see, I'm to this and I'm to that and I'm to this, you know, like, and we nitpick all those things. The way that you talk about yourself, like you would not allow anyone to talk to your sister or your daughter or a good friend, the way that you often talk to yourself. And you're destroying that relationship with yourself by talking to yourself that way. And so that self-confidence is really about developing a better relationship with yourself, which means talking to yourself in a way that you would talk to your best friend or your sister or your daughter. It's really about knowing who you are and being good to yourself. That is self-confidence in my opinion. Oh, that is so like just mind blowing to me because we think about all the relationships that we have in our lives with friends and girlfriends and neighbors and husband and kids. 
And I had never really stopped to think about the relationship that I had with me. Yeah. And you're exactly right. Like when I really did listen to the way that I was talking to myself, I was so ashamed. Like I just thought, oh my gosh, I am my own worst enemy. Like, yeah, but then we have to stop that. Yes. Yes. Judgment, right. Yeah. Yep. And, and then again, get curious. Why do I do this? Mm-hmm. Be- and I'll tell you the reason, the why, the reason why most of us do that is because we think if we beat ourselves up, it's actually going to make us better. Yeah. I, I, I never totally feel that like, oh, I can shame myself into doing different things, you know? Yeah. And that never works. But if we talk to ourselves the way that we would talk to, you know, our best friend or our daughter or something, think about how differently that would shape our relationship. Like if your daughter did something not great or not perfectly or whatever it is, and you were like, oh, you're a horrible person. Like you would not have a great relationship with them. No, But you're like, of course you did because you're human and we all make mistakes and I love you anyway. You're such a great person. And I know that you're going to try better next time and it's going to be okay. If you can talk to yourself that way, what a difference that's going to make. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So let me ask you this because in theory, I love that. And that's something I know that I need to continue to work on. Yeah. But how do I do it? How do <laughs> I implement that? Like, I want to do that. I want to have that better relationship with myself, but how do I start? Like, how do I, how do I get to that place of talking kindly to myself? So it first starts with awareness. It starts with noticing how you're talking to yourself. So when something happens, then we start to notice what is the dialogue going along in my brain. And that's one of the things that we can do as humans is we can watch ourselves think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so like other animals can't do that. But as humans, we can do that. We can watch ourselves think and just start to watch yourself think and just get really aware of what that looks like. And like when you start to notice yourself going down that rabbit hole, like, hold on, wait a minute. Is that how I actually want to talk to myself? How do I want to? What would be, how would I talk to my best friend? How would I talk to my daughter? How would I talk to my sister? And then talk to yourself that way and just start gaining that awareness. I also love journaling. I love Mm -hmm. journaling for this purpose. Like really write down some questions like, what is, what do I think of myself? What do I think of myself when this happens? And just write. And again, when you write, just there's no judgment there. Like your brain is going to come up with some really crazy stuff. Yeah. Just yeah. write it because it's if you don't get it down on paper, you're never going to see it. Okay. And so we want to really just get it down on paper and see what it is that our brain tells us and be like, I don't actually want to think those things. I don't want to believe those things. I want to be done with that. And I've noticed this a lot in myself as I've done this work for, you know, gosh, it's been many years, six years almost now. Yeah. Um, so a couple of years ago, um, during the pandemic, my mom decided to um, do a family camping trip and she decided it would be a great time to do a family picture a family picture during a camping trip. Bless her heart. I know she had good intentions, right? But I'm like, oh, not the best time to do a family picture, right? And um, so she wanted me to take the picture, like set up the camera and get it all set up and then set the timer and run in. And so when I was going through the photos to edit them afterwards, I noticed my brain would immediately go to the negative as soon as I saw myself. Like, yeah. I've gained so much weight. I'm too fat. I shouldn't have stood there. I should have stood somewhere. Like it just was nitpicking everything. And I literally had to go, stop. We do not talk to ourselves this way anymore. This is not what we do. We are kind to ourselves. We are compassionate. Like, could we have done things differently? Absolutely. But we do not need to beat ourselves up right now. And I have to literally tell myself that all the time. Oh, I love it. So good. Um, one of the things that has stuck with me through the years since attending one of your retreats was you had us do this exercise and I hope I don't ruin it for people no, who are in the future, but you had us do this exercise where, um, we were talking to ourselves 
and if I say it wrong, correct me, but like we were talking to ourselves at different stages in our life. So you had us picture ourselves as a baby. And what mm-hmm. were the things you would say to yourself as a baby? And then picture yourself as a toddler. What are the things you would say to that little girl? And you had us go through like all the different years. And it just makes me emotional because it was so powerful to me. Yeah. Especially when you're like, you know how hard those teenage years were and you know how like just full of hope that little five-year-old girl was. And I just had never looked at it that way. And hearing you say, you literally had to say to yourself, stop. We don't talk to ourselves that way. Like that's such a mom thing to say. And I felt like that exercise that we ran through at your retreat was like us being our own mom. Your mom loves you just so fiercely and without, I mean, most moms, there are some situations, but for the most part, moms just love their kids so fiercely and I would do anything to protect them. And when I saw myself in that light, like it just changed something in my brain. And so, so powerful, just such a cool work that you are doing. Yeah, it, I think that is one of the most powerful exercises that we've done at the retreats that I do with my clients, because it literally starts to rewire your brain when you talk to yourself in that way. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that, like, you're not going to slip back into old patterns. I mean, mean, I've been doing this work for a long time and I still have to like literally stop myself sometimes, but I'm a lot better than I used to be. And so it's, this is not to say that by doing this, it's going to change all at once or it's going to never happen again. Like it's always a work in progress. You are always a work in progress, right? But, but when you're doing the work on changing your relationship with yourself, it's so powerful and it, it goes into every aspect of your life. And so you said like, my work is focused on intimacy and your relationship with your spouse. And that's very much the work that I do, but that is why we always have to start with relationship to self Yeah, because the, how you show up in your relationship with your spouse, how you show up in your relationship with your kids in any other relationship that you have will change because of the relationship that you have with yourself. When you are more kind and more compassionate and more loving with yourself, it's so much easier to be that way with everyone else in your life. Yes. And it is so true. And like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that is why you do these retreats to, to take women out of their home situation and work life and being with kids and you get them all in this house with other women who are trying to do this work on themselves too. And they're removed from everything and can focus on them because sometimes it's hard to do that and to, to find the time to work on yourself. And like you said, it's a work in progress. Like I have been, I have done your retreats and your podcasts and all the things and I'm still learning stuff from you every single day and still trying to apply the things that I have been taught. And um, one, one thing that I love too is uh, I know that you do a lot of coaching with couples and group coaching and you've done even one-on-one coaching before. And I thought it was fascinating. I heard you say, I usually start with the wife by themselves. And I thought, that's so weird. You're doing couples coaching. Why are you working with just the woman by herself? And it's for that very reason. Yep. She has to do the work on her before she can show yep. up in that relationship. Yep. And it does. You have to, that when, when women go through my program, it's 12 weeks to start. And the first six weeks are on relationship with self. That's before we move into relationship with their spouse and before we move into their relationship with their sexual relationship. Yeah. Like they have, they, we spend half the time working on relationship with self first before we can do any of that other work because it's so fundamental to everything else that we do. Yep. 100%. And is like, I had the goal of strengthening my 
marriage with my husband. We're strengthening our relationship and all the aspects of that, including like our sexual relationship and just our friendship and all these different parts. Mm -hmm. And that was the first thing you said was like, well, you've got to work on yourself first. And I was like, wait, no, it's a marriage. Like we both need to work. And you're like, trust the process. Let's work on you. And Yes, but watching the difference between you at the first retreat you came to (laughs) versus the second retreat, like I I was so excited to see (laughs) how much you had changed by working on your relationship with yourself and that and could see and and you told me differences in your relationship with your spouse that had changed because of that work. Yes. Yep. So needed and so important and just something that a lot of people don't talk about. I feel like I didn't, I didn't know any of this and how important it was. Okay. So we talked a little bit about how to develop a better relationship with ourselves. It starts with that awareness. It starts with being curious. It starts with, um, you know, just uh, talking to ourselves in a way that we don't allow that mean talk anymore, that bully talk in our head. Is there anything else you'd want to add to that? I think learning to trust yourself. Oh, yeah. That's a big part um, of it. You have to learn how to follow through on what you say that you're actually going to do for yourself, to show up for yourself in the same way that you show up for everyone else in your life. You know, I mean, how many times will you, you know, make an appointment with a friend? Like you and I go to lunch, right? Like you would never like just not show up for that. No, not without calling or something. Yeah. I mean, like if something came up, of course, but you would communicate, right? But you would never just like not show up. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And how many times do we not follow through and show up for ourselves like we do for other people? Yes. And that's really about learning to trust yourself. And then also it's like, can you trust someone that talks badly to you? No, no. So if you're talking badly to yourself, can you actually trust yourself? Probably not. So that's a big part of it. Um, Really getting comfortable with your emotions. That is something that I found is huge with my clients is learning to be comfortable with any emotion. I mean, yeah. how many times do we avoid certain emotions like as much as we can, right? All the time. Shove it down. Shove it down. Yeah. Or, you know, like buffer, like scroll social yes. media or watch Netflix or go shopping or eat something or whatever because you don't want to feel certain things. And so really getting really comfortable with your emotions and being willing to feel all of them helps build that confidence. Now, does that mean it's going to be pleasant? Absolutely no, not. It's kind of <laughs> uncomfortable. To, to it's feel. really uncomfortable. Yeah. But getting yeah. comfortable with the discomfort yeah. is really, really important. And then understanding that your opinion of yourself matters. Mm-hmm. And not that you're better than anyone else. Because this confidence is not about arrogance. Yeah. Confidence is not about being better. I think a lot of people mistake that. They think, well, if I build my confidence, then I'm going to think that I'm better than someone else. And I can't think that. And so I'm just not going to do it. And confidence is not about being better than anyone. That's arrogance or hubris. Like confidence is knowing that you're amazing. And so is everyone else in their own way. Oh, I love that. And really when you, when you can, start to have that better relationship with yourself, you will start to see how everyone else is amazing in their own way. Yeah. And you will stop judging other people because the reason you judge other people is because you're judging yourself. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so when you can stop judging yourself so harshly, then you stop judging other people so harshly. And you're able to just have so much better relationships and you're able to see so other people in such different ways. Like I just see, I see the good in everyone. You do. That's one of your gifts. I will say that. And I've not always been that way. (laughs) And I still struggle sometimes. Absolutely. My kids will tell you. (laughs) Hey, but but I think like I can also start to see because I understand how brains work. Yeah. I can start to see like if someone's showing is showing up this way, there's a reason for that. And if I was thinking and feeling like they were, I probably would be showing up very similarly. Ooh, yeah. And that opens up compassion. Yeah. And that curiosity again, like that's where the curiosity comes in, not only for yourself, but for others. Like, okay, I see some sort of, you know, bad behavior or whatever it is. Yeah. What must they be thinking and feeling that makes them show up this way? And that's where the curiosity comes in. And that's where then the compassion comes in. And it just, it opens up so many more opportunities for loving people and and that, again, first comes with loving yourself. So really like just seeing things in a whole new way just helps everything. Oh, I could not agree more. And I love that you tied it back to love. Like, and you said confidence isn't just like, you know, loving yourself, but it's it's seeing the good in everybody else around you, loving them just yes. as much and recognizing like, not only recognizing that it's your, my flaws that make me who I am and are part of me and there's a purpose, but also their flaws are part of them and that they have a purpose in their lives. And when I can love myself, it's so much easier to love everyone around me. Even those people that maybe sometimes don't deserve love. Everybody deserves love, but. Or that we just really struggle with. Yes. Yes. I love that so much. And I just think that it's, this work of of learning who you are and having confidence in who you are and loving yourself as you are, like it helps us to become exactly that person that we all are trying so hard to be. We're all trying to be good people and do good things. And honestly, you can do even so much more good when you start doing that work on yourself. Absolutely. And like you said, it just, trickles into every single part of your life. Like I had no idea that after kind of like embracing my flaws, getting curious about them, like being okay with those things that I used to see as so terrible, like how much it has helped me show up more confidently. Like I just own who I am and I'm weird and I'm quirky and I have some weird stuff, but it's just all part of Camille. And what's interesting is it's shown up in my work and it's shown up in my, where I serve at church and it shows up in community when I'm like, you know, with neighbors or doing stuff with the community. Like, it's just, it's so fascinating to me how it has impacted every part of my life for good. But I've also met your husband. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, he has said how much you have changed in your relationship with the two of you and how much better things are with the two of you because of the work that you've been willing to do on yourself. Isn't that fascinating? And And, I mean, that's your most important relationship here on earth. Right. And so, and a lot of times that one's the one that gets put on the back burner. We want to show up great for everyone else. Yes. And yet we are not showing up as great for our spouse, which is, you know, supposedly our most important relationship. And, but yet when we do that work, it goes everywhere. It does. Oh, it totally does. Okay. So let's dive into showing up as a wife a little bit. Okay. And I know, obviously, it's so important to, like, obviously, there's a lot of foundational work that you need to do on yourself before you can dive into all of showing up better in relationships in your life. But like you said, and I firmly believe this too, that the relationship you have with your spouse is the most important relationship. But as one who is in the throes of motherhood with four kids at home and young kids, yeah. and teenagers, like yeah. you're exactly right. It gets put on the back burner. And how do we bring that relationship 
to the front burner. How do we make that more of a priority when we are in the thick of it? Yeah, I think it's really taking the time and truly making it the priority. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so many times, like everything else takes priority and it just gets put on that. We're like, we'll deal with it later. But later comes, and because you haven't been making it a priority all along, there isn't a whole lot left. And so you really have to make it a priority, you know, and not, I I would say daily in little ways. Like, you know, your priority doesn't mean that's where you have to spend all of your time. (laughs) Yeah, because we really. We can't do that. We can't do that. I mean, gosh, you're lucky if you get a few minutes with your spouse every day. Yep. Right. But studies show that if you can spend 20 minutes talking with your spouse every day, it will go great lengths to helping the relationship. 20 minutes. Yeah. Like it really doesn't have to be a lot. I'm a big fan of the two, two, two rule. Okay. So I say a date night at least every two weeks. Okay. Okay. A night away every two months and a, like a week-long vacation every two years. Wow. And that's minimum, okay? okay. Now, I understand like when we're like nursing babies and yes. stuff, like a week away just doesn't even seem feasible. <laughs> and I get that. And so like there definitely is a time and a place. And of course, we have to look at finances and yes. all of that, you know, if you can do some you know, swapping with a family member or a neighbor, whatever, like whatever you feel comfortable with, but really making your relationship the priority. I promise you that your children will reap the benefits. They have to, you are modeling what a good relationship looks like for them. And so it is really important that they see, and it gives them security. It gives them a sense of love when they know that their parents make each other the priority. And so that's one of the best gifts I think that you can give your kids is to make that relationship a priority. That doesn't mean you don't care about your kids. You absolutely <laughs> do. Yep. Like I I had a friend once who she ha- she was gosh, she had probably I think she had a senior in high school when I met her. Okay. Her was her oldest and her and her husband had never been on a vacation together. The only time she had ever spent away was when she had another baby. And I was like, oh girl, you have got to get away. You've got to get away. Her husband won a trip for work to Hawaii for a week. And she was like, I can't leave my babies. I can't leave them. I'm like, yes, you will. You will leave them. And your marriage and your children are going to be benefited by this. And she got home and like her and her husband were like walking on clouds for like a week. She was like, that was the best thing ever. Why have we not been doing this all along? I'm like, I don't know, because I think it's one of the best things that you can do with your spouse is to just get away. And even if it's a few hours, you know, a night and it doesn't even, you don't even have to go away far. You can like, just go to, go tell the motel six down the road. I don't even care. Like just get away for whatever you can be so, so helpful and will benefit your marriage. Oh, and that was something I, I have heard you talk about that before. And so it's something we've tried harder to implement in our marriage. And like you said, cause I have, my youngest is five. So still, we've still got some littles here at home and yeah. it is so hard, especially when they're toddlers and babies, so hard to leave them. Yeah. But like you said, it will benefit them greatly. And so this is something that we have really tried hard to implement. And I will be honest, some of our nights away are in the same city. We just get a hotel room and we have, you know, a cute college girl come help and watch our kids for those 12 hours while we're gone. But yep. Oh my gosh, those 12 hours are pure bliss because suddenly I'm not Camille the mom. I'm Camille and I'm Camille the wife. And I yep. can show up in this, in this way that I'm not able to every day. And it has strengthened our marriage and relationship so much. And I think, I know our kids have noticed it because they say things all the time. Like, oh, dad and his girlfriend, like, I get <laughs> like, so in love and, and we show it, you know, in public too, in, in front of our kids. And they sometimes yep. like, mom, but honestly, 
I know that they know how in love we are. And I love that I can model that for them. And I hope that that inspires them to have that kind of relationship and to have that kind of marriage where the most important thing, and we always tell our kids that like, well, your dad's my favorite. You guys, he's number one and he always will be like, just things like that. And they, they just, they know it. And so, and I want them to, you know, aim for that kind of marriage too. Yes, absolutely. Because we do. We want that for our kids. Yes. Oh my gosh. So yes. if we want that for our kids, why are we not modeling it for them? No, oh, so good. And I mean that, and that leads right into the relationship you want to have with your kids as a mom. You have to model for them, like what you want for them. Yes, and so I think powerful. especially you know when it comes to our kids, they need to know that they're important. Hmm but they're not the center of our world. Yeah. Like, honestly, I know, I know that sounds harsh for like a lot of the women are like, what? Wait, I, I know. know. I, I know. But you are a person first and you have to be solid in yourself first. If you're getting all of your fulfillment in life from your kids, you have to understand that when they leave the nest and they will, Mm-hmm. And you're going to be empty. And so you have to make sure that you are a person first and you, then you do mom things too. Yeah. And they're important. They absolutely are, but you have to be solid in yourself and in your relationship with your spouse first yes. and not get your, your fulfillment in life completely from motherhood. I know many women don't find fulfillment in motherhood yeah. at all, which I okay totally too. like, I am not one of those. Like I've always worked. I've like, I love my children, but I don't find fulfillment in motherhood, especially when I thought I would. Yes. And that's a hard, that's like a harsh realization to come to. I I'm very similar in that way. Like I, I need, I needed things just for Camille, just for me, just for me, just for me, which is why I've always worked. And, but my kids also realize that like, yes, I can love them and be with them and spend time with them and be good. And I'm good without them too. Yes. And I think that that's important because that's, I think that's what we want for them ultimately as well. Yes. 100%. We don't want to be so attached that they're not okay without us. Yeah. They need to be okay on their own. Just like we need to be okay on our own. Oh, it's so true and so important. And honestly, like I, I always tell my kids, I will always be there for you. I am Absolutely. Your, I'm your number one fan, your biggest cheerleader. When you need me, I'm here. And like, I've worked hard on those relationships with them, but also I've worked hard on modeling that I'm still important and that yes. taking time for me is important. And they, and I let them know, like, um, every, every morning mom has her quiet time and it's usually way before the kids get up. But if they do wake up at that time and I'm having my quiet time where I'm like praying and meditating and journaling and doing those things, mm-hmm. I just tell them, sorry, this is my quiet time. You're supposed to still be in bed. You can yep. sit quietly and read a book or watch a show, but I'll talk to you when I am done. And, and I also sometimes will say to them like, thanks so much for supporting me so that I can spend this time on me and take care of me. Well, and you're filling your own tank, so then you actually have more to give them. 100%. Right? Like, when we are just giving, 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 and that in that people-pleasing, like you said, you you are, right? Like, then we deplete ourselves, and there's nothing left to give. Yeah. But when we are filling our own tank with the things that are important to us, then we actually have more to give them. Yeah. I think that's what happened to me during the pandemic. I was trying so hard to show up and be everything for everyone in my family, be the homeschool teacher and be the cook and be the cleaner and be the therapist and be all the things. It was heavy on everyone. But I think especially moms with kids at home, it was very hard. And my tank was beyond empty. It was bone dry. And I think that's why... I, I cracked. I think yeah. that's why I reached that point of no return. Well, and I think I think that's so important because I think many women don't set boundaries mm-hmm. around their capacity. 
Ooh, that's so good. And, you know, we were, our capacity was emptied during the pandemic, right? And we weren't setting boundaries and making sure that we were refilling. And, you know, that's one of the things that I talk a lot to my clients about is making sure that you protect your capacity as a wife, as a mother, as a person individually, and not let others be that, like we're, where we're getting energy leakage (laughs) into all these things that don't matter as much to us, but making sure we're refilling where we can, because boundaries are really, really important. And it's, I think that we miss that a lot as women and as moms that we, we get that we, where we go over capacity. Yes. And then we burn out and Mm -hmm. It trickles into our relationship with our spouse, into yep. the relationship with our kids, and it becomes a lot. It becomes yeah. really heavy and hard. Yeah. So, oh, it's so good. Oh, Amanda, I could talk about this stuff all day long with you. I, don't, I know. I think what, the last time we went to lunch, we were sitting there for like five hours. Five hours. And didn't even realize. I know. Because there's so, there's just so many, so many things that yes. you, you bring to the table and teach women and just... It's so incredible. So we obviously don't have forever to talk on this podcast, but no. you have your own podcast yes. and you have so many great things going on. Will you just tell everyone where they can find you and what all the things that you have going on? Okay. So I actually have two podcasts. Um, I have a free podcast called Sex for Saints. It's all about how to have great sexual relationships within your marriage. Um, really, and we're talking more about the things that Camille and I have been talking yeah. about today. Or, you know, relationship with self, relationship with your spouse, relationship with your sexuality. Yes, and isn't it? I love that. I love that. That's the title of your <laughs> of your podcast because automatically when you think your marriage is having problems and this was for me, I'll just use myself as an example, put myself out there. I thought, okay, we just need to figure out you know, how to have better sex or whatever that is. Sorry if you have little kids at home, but <laughs> you showed me that it is so much more than that. So and it is more. this relationship with yourself and it's yep. this relationship with confidence and it's a relationship with others before you even go into all the other stuff. So yes. don't be fooled by the name. There's so much good content there. So much goodness there. It covers like all the things we're talking about today. Yes. And then I have, so you can find that on any, you know, podcast app. Um, I have a second podcast that is subscription based. So it's called the Embracing You podcast. And it's me actually, you get to listen to me coaching women and couples on their sexual relationships. So um, that one is $99 a year. There's three episodes a month. Um, I have clients who come on, they are volunteering to be coached and having it aired on the podcast. So it is fantastic, if I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it, I've gotten amazing feedback on it um, where people are really seeing how listening to the coaching yes. is helping them make those changes in their own life. 100%. So. And as one who has worked with coaches one-on-one and then done group coaching, yeah. I learn just as much from listening to other people be coached Yes, than I do like when I'm getting coached myself too. And there is such a, like a safety in just listening to other people. If you are too scared to hire a coach or go to get help, you yeah. just learn so much just by listening to other people get coached. So yeah. So my it. Sex for Saints podcast is does amazing. And I've realized that that's how a lot of people, because sex is such a taboo topic taboo for many topic. people, yes, <laughs> that they the- like to interact with me from the privacy of their own headphones. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, yes. so that's why we have the Embracing You podcast where you can come and listen to coaching. In addition to that, um, I also have a membership. It opens its doors for usually about a week every month. So if the doors aren't open when you come um, and look, you can get on the wait list by going to amandalouder.com slash membership. It's called um, the Embrace You Elite Society. So again, it's all about embracing yourself and everything with it. Um, It's $49 a month or $499 for a year. So it's an amazing deal. We do weekly coaching. We have monthly classes. There's a private podcast where you can listen to everything that I've ever, every coaching call I've ever done, every class I've ever done within the membership. Don't be overwhelmed. 
you, there's a step-by-step process to it, but it really, it's such a great deal. And women come and stay because they see such change in their life from yeah. it. So there's so much, fun. um, yeah. you can do that. And then I do hold retreats usually about twice a year. So, um, the retreat for fall 2023 will be opening up, um, soon. So if yes. you want to go to my website again, you can go to amandalouder.com, click on retreat or events in the menu and then retreat and sign up for the wait list for that so that you can be notified when the next retreat opens up. So you can come and partake as Camille did. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, those retreats sell out so fast. So yes. <laughs> you will want to be on that wait list. Um, when I came back from both the retreats, my husband said, I will spend whatever amount of money it is to send you to these because it's completely changed who you are for the better. And yes. I think that could be said for every single person who attends. Yes. Well, so last year you brought a good friend of yours I with did. you yes. and um, her quote at the end, like just touched me so much. And it, I share it with so many people. She said, I came to this retreat lost and I'm going home found. Oof. And oh, it just, it meant the world to me because that really, I think so many women feel that way that they come really lost and they're going home found. So anyway, there's that. And then you can always find me on social media at Amanda Louder Coaching. Yep. And Louder is just spelled loud. L-O-U-D-E-R. Yes. I'm loud and proud and (laughs) say everything. (laughs) Right. You have a message to share and you share it. And it's so good. Oh, Amanda, thank you so much for, for coming on and just sharing so much good stuff. I hope that everybody listening took away at least one thing that they can go and implement in their lives and start to see change. Even if it's so small, it has the capability of making some really big results happen. So Um, For those of you who have loved this podcast, or if you want to continue the conversation, you can follow us over on Instagram. We're at Table Talk for Moms. And also for those listening to the podcast, like just be sure to hit the follow button um, so that you don't miss another episode. And with that, we will see you next week. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.